All right. Awesome. We have sound. They have given me a microphone. Y'all are not safe. I'm sorry. I just want to let you know. Woo. Yeah, I hope you prayed because you're going I mean, I'm serious. For real, for real. I'm so excited you're here. If I haven't had a chance to say hello, my name is Tyler. Uh, everyone here puts up with me every week, and I'm thankful for you putting and spending this time with us today, wherever you are. So we're starting a brand new series called What Does the Bible Say About? And we're going to walk through all of those because our families are in here. I decided today that we needed to have a six-hour message, so uh, I'll get you out here around dinner time. It'll be good in nap time for the kiddos, so they're not really happy with everything. But for real, we're just going to be... Uh, we're going to be talking about stewarding children today, and we're going to celebrate baby dedication. So wherever you are today, I'm so thankful that you are here as we talk about stewarding children together. So here's what I got before we dive into baby dedication. Why is stewarding children important? Well, George Barna wrote a book in the early 2000s called Transforming Children into Spiritual Champions. You'll know Barna by a lot of times you'll hear churches talk about Barna research. So his book has some research stats in it, and in that book it says that 85% parents believe that they have a primary responsibility for the moral and spiritual development of their child. 85%. So stewarding children is very important. Why is that played out in the church? How is that important inside the church for each and every one of well, he goes on to say the chance of someone becoming a Christian, someone surrendering their life to the lordship of Jesus and confessing him as lord of their life changes throughout stages of life. As a matter of fact, between the ages of 5 and 12, 32% of children have an opportunity. You have a 32% chance of being a Christian between the ages of 5 and 12 inside of a home. So think it, parents, if you don't think you're making a difference in your child, know right now that you are. That's why I love our Vine Kids ministry. Between the ages of 13 and 18 would be our Spur ministry students. You have a 4% chance of being a Christian. And 18 to the rest of your life as an adult, you have a 6% chance of being a Christian. So those teenage critical years are important because believe it or not, if you're not a Christian in your teenage years, you have a less likely chance to become Christian until you're an adult. So know right now, between those grade school years, before middle school hits, parents, stewarding your children is very important to point them to Jesus. As a matter of fact, uh, wherever you are today, I'm going to start in Matthew 18, but we're just going to hang out in Deuteronomy 6 today. So if you're going to be at a space and a place, go ahead and get to Deuteronomy 6. We're only going to go through just a few verses. Uh, it's the fifth book of the Bible, wherever you are. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you one free for the asking. Uh, we have all of our scripture on our Vine Church app. If you want to go to the vine.tv uh, slash app and download that today or wherever you're watching, our Vine production team's incredible. Isn't it great they put it on the screen? Y'all, if I didn't have it on, if I did it, it would be in crayons and outside the lines because I never could color inside the lines. So I'm so thankful our Vine kids or our Vine production team make sure that this is on the screen for you. So why is it important to steward children well? Jesus says this in Matthew 18, 3. And he said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So in Aramaic, child means servant, but think about this. I just shared with you the stats 
Between the ages of 5 and 12, you have a 32% chance of being a Christian if your parents point you to Jesus in the home. So when Jesus said we have to have childlike faith, it is servanthood, it is following him. Being a parent, stewarding children well matters, so much so that Jesus said we have to become like children or else we can't enter the kingdom of God. Why else is that important? Well, what I was, when you were lip reading some of you earlier and I was yelling as much as I could what I shared earlier in 1 John 3, 1, where we are, we are God's children and we have his love lavished on us through Christ Jesus. So today I just have a few quick things and then we're gonna get to why we're here today for these sweet babies we are gonna get to dedicate to the Lord. So wherever you are, go ahead and get to Deuteronomy 6. If you're with me, give me an Amen. I hear amens. God is faithful. All right, Deuteronomy 6. So parents, now that you know this, how do we steward our children well? I got some quick things for us. We'll move like rapid lightning fire, and we're going to go enjoy and celebrate this awesome day. So first thing you have to know wherever you are right now when it comes to this is you have to think with the end in mind, parents. Think with the end in mind. Think with the end in mind. Deuteronomy 6.4 says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Why is this important? Well, if you ask any parent, wherever you are, they will tell you this. You will hear them, especially as children get older. Parents that have had children or grandparents, the, the phrase goes like this. The days are long, but the years are what? Short. The years are short. You only have so long that you are going to be with this child that you are going to get to influence and steward it. As a matter of fact, parents, you have approximately 936 weeks with your child before they graduate high school. Now, I know that sounds a lot, but think about this. By the time they're in the fourth grade, you're halfway done with that 936 weeks. Pin drop, right? The days are long. Teething days are long. Parents, oh my gosh, y'all are so incredible. I don't know how you put up with, uh, with me. I don't know how my mother put up with me. I'm going to tell you, as we talk about think with the end in mind, I was a night owl and an early bird. I, I don't get it. Uh, bless her heart. That's all I got to say. Bless her heart. Uh, so all the way through, why do we got to think with the end in mind? Knowing that in light of we get 936 weeks, we know that we have our time is short when we do that. As we are stewarding our children, we got to think with the end in mind. What do I mean by that in verse 4? All of us will stand before God and give an account of who Jesus is to us. Not our parents' faith, not our grandparents' faith, not our aunt's faith, not our uncle's faith. We have to think with the end in mind. What do I want my child to become? Am I equipping them when they go before God, when it's all said and done, and he says, who am I to you? How are we stewarding them well to be able to answer that question? So everything we do, we think with the end in mind. And so as you do that and you're stewarding your children, who do you want them to become? Are you trying to make them more like you? Are you trying to point them to Jesus, who is the Savior for us all, who will shape and mold them into who he created them to be? And so to help today, I have to have props, y'all. I promise it's not a, it's not a magician act. I'm not that cool, uh, and I'm not available for parties as we learned from setting up a balloon arch last night. So wherever you are right now, we have to think with the end in mind. So I have this awesome rope up here, and I'm going to share with you 
a story as it comes to this rope, wherever you are. So, uh, how many folks have heard of Dave Ramsey? Most people, right? Okay, so here's the deal. I hope they don't kick us off for that. Watch there be a copyright thing. It is what it is. Jesus is alive, so he's going to help us overcome that. So Dave Ramsey shares this story when it comes to thinking with the end in mind, wherever you are today, thinking with the end in mind. And he shares a story of how he parents with thinking with the end in mind. And he talks about the story of a rope. And what he did is as his children were growing up, he thought of a rope. That sounds bad. No, he did not kill his children. They are still alive. Don't get excited. Uh, He thought about the rope, and he said this. uh, Every time his children gained his trust, he gave them a little more rope, a little more freedom. Every time they lost his trust, he reined them in a little bit, and they lost a little bit of freedom. But all the way through, he gave the rope and had the idea of the rope when it came to Stuart and his children. So much so, what he ended up doing is sharing this story. When his his daughter uh, was younger almost in teenage years, she was supposed to go to the movies with her friend. Mother drops him off, but instead of going to the movies, hey, their dad, her dad's Dave Ramsey, they want to spend their money well, right? So why go to a movie when you can go down the block to the ice cream shop and get all of those 31 flavors, right? So they go down the street to the ice cream shop, and instead of them being at the movie theater when mom comes to pick them up, they're down the road at the ice cream shop. How do you think mom felt? Freaked out, didn't know what in the world to do. She drives down the street, goes to the ice cream shop, sees them there, picks them up. What do you think happened with the rope? Did she gain more freedom from that, or did Dave rein her in? He reined her in a little bit, right? He reined her in. So then she goes, and she grows up, and she, be, she becomes a teenager, and she's at a party, and she sees that something crazy is about to go down. So she calls her dad to come pick her up and said, hey, I just didn't want to be a part of that. I don't know. I don't know what was about to happen. I just didn't feel right in this space and place. So, Dad, will you come pick me up? What do you think happened with the rope there? She gained some more freedom, didn't she? So much so that when she graduated college, they have this big dinner. They're excited. They're having steak dinner. She stands up there, and Dave takes a rope. He throws it on the table. He explains to her the idea of the rope, and he says, I've done my job. I've stewarded you well. It's now your turn to carry the rope. So much so, she uses the rope with her children, and now that goes there. What does this mean? Dave understood that his time was short with his daughter, and an end of the rope would come. There was only so long that he could hold on to that rope before she needed to spread her wings. And so why he had a hold of this rope to steward her to be who she was created to be, he made the most of it. Parents, that's what you're going to do. Eventually, that child is going to spread their wings and fly. And you're going to have to give them the rope. The question is, are you going to keep trying to yank at it? Are you going to help them understand what they need to do when they carry the rope? Because when you think with the end in mind, you're going to help them do this. You're going to help them focus on the heart. See, parents, you've got to focus on the heart. You're focusing on your child's heart. Why is that important? What do I mean by focus at the heart? Well, your, your rope is not attached to a little human being, even though sometimes you want to put them on a leash, right? Like sometimes you have to to rein them in. Like it's not. You got a leash. It's not that. Your rope is attached to their heart. This trust that you have with them is attached to their heart. So you have to focus on their heart. So much so, this is what it says in Deuteronomy 6, 5. Why is that important? Verse 5. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. As you're stewarding your child's heart and you're connecting to your child's heart, you're growing 
you're growing in faith, you're growing in trust, what is the one thing that sets it all apart? There's one thing that sets a radical religion apart from a relationship, and it's this, love. 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 Love the Lord your God. Love is the why behind everything you do, the guardrails you set up. It's the reason that you have the rope. You love them. You're trying to steward them well. And so how you do that with your child and focusing on their heart will help them grow and trust because they know that they are loved. Let me ask you this, parents, before we move on and we'll be done with this part. Do your children ever screw up? Never, right? They're just perfect, right? You know better. So in this, listen, we're don't, we, as God's children, we screw up too, how you point to the heart of God and the love of God is every opportunity that the screw up and the mess up happens, you get to point to God's mercy and love and says, listen, you're not gonna outrun my love because that's your child. Even in the midst of the mess, even in the midst of changing the bed clothes constantly, even in the midst of all of it, you still love your child. That's a fraction of God's love for us. So think about how you're connected to that child's heart while you steward them through this rope while you're thinking with the end in mind. It goes on to say how important it is to focus on the heart in verse six. These commandments I give you today are to be where? On your hearts. So here's the thing about the rope that's important. It starts out being connected to your heart. If you talk about this, what do most people say about their children? It's their heart. It's their heart. I can't give the love of God if my heart's not connected to his love and understand that even though my parent is stewarding me, that God is writing the narrative of my story and he is the chief story writer and this rope is connected to my heart. And when my parent gives it back to me to steward as a child, it's gonna be connected to something. Either something in this world or the heavenly father. No in between. The thing of this world will lead you to this. A tombstone, nothing else. A tombstone, death, nothing else. You can't carry it with you. Ain't no U-Haul in heaven as my grandpa used to always say. It will lead to death because you're, no matter what, when you take your first breath, this rope is always connected to your heart. Parents know that as a child. It's always connected to their heart. So as you focus on your heart with God, you're gonna help your child understand their relationship with God and what they're gonna connect this rope to one day. And so wherever you are, it's important. It's important for you to show, hey, you're not perfect child, but I'm not either. Let me tell you about God's grace. When you mess up, it's okay to be real with your child because parents, you know this more than anything, especially if you're in the teenage years. You can only fake it with your kids so much. I mean, they know. You can only fake it with your kids so much. You can't hide it. They know. That's the beauty of a child. If you, hey, I'm gonna give you one more thing before we go on. Go hang out, uh, and parents don't get mad at me. I promise I won't do Vine Kids much. But if you ever wanna know how life really is in your church, go and ask a child how you can pray for their family. Man, they spill all the beans. I love it. It's crazy. Like, that's just how it goes, right? I know that sounds crazy, but I love it because it, it helps me know how I can pray for everyone. Because we want to be fake, don't we? 
How can I pray for you today? So many times we won't do that like, man, I got a headache today. I don't know what to do. Will somebody pray for me? Like, we don't want to talk about those kind of things, but childlike faith, they're not afraid to lay it down. So focus on the heart. Focus on the heart. Understand relational growth, emotional growth, and spiritual growth help us be on display. So like, we can share with our children what we're learning from God and share his mercy and grace. Number three. Then it's almost time for us to have some fun here in a second. We got to make it natural. So we think with the end in mind, we focus on the heart, and we make it natural. Let me ask you this, parents, especially for those who have kids who can walk already. Actually, even if they're crawling, how much do your children like being restrained? From the moment they can walk, shoom. Like, they're gone. Like, it's it. Like, their whole goal is to run away from you. And you're, you're sitting there. Okay, I'm not going to do it. But you're sitting there with a rope. Like, you're just like, let me rein them in. Like, you're ready to go. And what do they do? They just keep going farther and farther out. So how do we make this natural? This is what it says in verse 7. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Intentional parenting isn't something that happens overnight. It's something you do every single day. And you say, oh my goodness, how in the world can I do that? This is crazy. Well, I will tell you how not to do it. Stewarding your parent well isn't always forcing your kid to do everything where Jesus is mentioned. At church, at, a, at, a, at an event. Because your best ministry happens at home. It starts at home. Where you are with Jesus at home will influence them all the way. It's not turning on Hillsong when they're pouting. Because all they're going to think about is oceans and how much they don't like that song because they couldn't get the candy mommy wanted to give them. Like, you know, they just they wanted that candy. That's not it. So for each and every one of us, how do we do this? How do we steward our children well? It says in the verse, when you sit at home, when you sit at home, you're gonna understand, when you sit, this is mealtime. The best ministry in your life happens around the dinner table, 100%. I will tell you, children, wherever you are right now, I wanna tell you, what, I know I have young, we have some young, awesome Vine kids and families here, but even if you're a teenager right now, I wanna tell you this, when you look back at life, one day there may be a, a moment where your parents or your grandparents aren't here. When you look back at in your life, one of my favorite things are always Christmas. You know anything about me? I love Christmas. It's not about the presents. It's not about anything of that. It's literally about the presence with C-E, not T-S, presence of people around the dinner table. That's what I'll remember the most. That's where ministry happens. So parents, Make it happen at mealtime. It's a great opportunity for you to connect with your child. So when you sit at home, let the conversation happen around the dinner table, and I promise you they will carry it with them so much so I still have the dinner table that I grew up with at my house right now. It matters. And even if it's just me sitting there with an empty chair, the habit of sitting there is what makes all the difference. When you walk along the road, this is drive time. 100% drive time. Now listen, I'm not telling you you can't have screens. Don't get mad at me when I say that. No, no, no. But what if you cut the screen time in half? All right, I'm not a parent here, so don't get frustrated with me. I understand if you have to have screens, I get it. But listen, listen, just real quick. 
What if you cut it in half and actually had a conversation with your child? Some of my greatest memories are car rides. You know, back when mom was the seatbelt, even though we were supposed to have them, you know, and they slammed on brakes and they gave you that Ric Flair chop right across the chest. You know what I'm talking about. That was it. Those were the best ones, right? Parents, think about this. You have locked your teenager in the car with you for a certain amount of time. How many more goldmine opportunities are you going to get in their life just to let the conversation flow? Ask them what happened at school. Ask them what they loved about the day. Ask them what they hated about the day. One of, them, one of those things will flow out. Ask them what they're thinking. Ask them, ask them those things. I promise you they're going to look back on that like mealtime, and they're going to remember that all the way through. But here's the thing. Don't force it. Let it naturally happen. Then the next thing it says, when you lie down. When you lie down. So when you sit at home, when you go along the road, and when you lie down, this is bedtime. And we know that uh, as children get older, they do not like bedtime, do they? But as they start to own that bedroom, all of a sudden, parents will tell you, it's awesome to pray with your child at night, isn't it? You get to hear their hopes and dreams. You get to hear their heart. And I get to hear awesome stories of our Vine kids at times where you can hear who they're praying for, and it breaks my heart in a good way. Because everybody says, well, the next generation's doomed. They're not, because I see them in this church. They're not. They have amazing families who are pointing them to Jesus. So you get to hear their heart. So parents, 936 weeks of you being able to tuck that child in before eventually they're only going to see you on holidays and college breaks. What if you made that time intentional on bedtime? You got to connect to their heart. And last but not least, when you get up, the morning time, the morning time, before you get in the car to drive. This is a prime opportunity in the morning especially if you've got a younger one because they don't know what morning is. Morning is 3.30 one day and like 5.30 the next, right? Like they don't know what the morning is, wherever they are. That morning time is a prime opportunity for you to speak life, for you to speak love over that child. You can show them that they are valued, loved, important, and treasured wherever they are. So what does making it natural do? It strengthens the bond of this rope. It has a fosters love and trust between you and your child for where eventually one day you are going to be able to see that child pick up this road, which leads me to, which leads me to why what we do each and every week. I want to let you know this before we dedicate these sweet babies. We have a heavenly father who knows what it's like to have a child. So much so that he would sever the rope with his child so that his child could become the rope for us to him. He would sever the rope with his child so that we would be connected to him through his child, Jesus, the rope. God loves us that much that he would give up his son for us. He would take this rope and cut it only so that it could be connected to us. John 3, 16 through 18 reminds us, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Verse 17 says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Verse 18 says this, whoever believes in him is not condemned but whoever does not believe in him stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. 
before we dedicate these children, it would be crazy for me to not put this out there and say, what's your rope connected to? See, you have a loving father. Maybe you didn't have a good relationship with your father or mother. Maybe, maybe that's something you're lacking in your life. I want you to know that as we celebrate these amazing, sweet babies and families, it points to something greater than this moment. It points to a heavenly father who loves us in spite of us. And so what have you connected your rope to? Have you connected it to something in this world? Have you connected it to the job, to the next relationship, to the next child you have, to the next college degree, to the next car, to the next house? Because I will promise you this, that car is going to rust and fade away. That house will eventually be broken down and demolished. That career, that education, it eventually is going to become outdated. Those children are going to grow up. It's just how it goes. And eventually this body will fade. So my question today is, have you ever considered Jesus? And so while we do what we do before we have our parents come up here in just a moment is this. Have you ever considered Jesus? See, we can celebrate today these families and these parents because they have first given their life to Christ. And so I want to open the door and the opportunity for you today to be able to connect your rope to something that lasts, to something that matters. You see, each and every one of us were born with this rope severed. Sin in our life has made us not have a connection and we'll want to connect it to things of this world because our heart is it. Sometimes, see, it starts with our parents, but eventually we got to pick this rope up and it's got to go somewhere and it's got to connect to something. And sin in our life will make us to connect to something in this world and it will always lead to a grave to a tombstone. But see, because of God's great love for us, he didn't want us to die because of our sin. He wanted us to have a way to have life, to be exactly who he created us to be, set free from sin. And so today, we're about to say this prayer. It's not the words of this prayer that saves you, it's the faith, the faith that Jesus is who he says he is. And what you're gonna be praying in this prayer, literally, is connecting this rope from your heart to him, to something that will outlast you, to something that will be with you to eternity, to something that can set you free because nothing in this world can like Christ. So with every head bow and every eye closed, will you repeat this prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe I'm a sinner separated from you. I believe you came, live the perfect sinless life I couldn't live die the death I deserve, paying the penalty for my sins on the cross, but love me enough not to stay dead, but rose again on the third day so that I may have life. Come take over my life, Lord. Teach me to follow you step by step the rest of my life the best way I know how. And with every head bow and every eye closed, if you can say for the first time you have ever given your life to Christ. You have connected your rope to him. I'm gonna ask you to boldly raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. If that's you, would you raise your hand? If you will say for the first time that you've prayed that prayer, if, you, if you're online, you're gonna see a hand that's raised. If you're listening throughout the week, will you reach out to us at prayer at or 
864-580-6698. We want to celebrate this decision. See, here's the thing. We don't want you just to connect your rope to Christ and be done with it. We want to walk with you as you gain strength in trusting him and walking in him so that you can be exactly who he created you to be. And for the rest of us, you can look up. I'm so thankful that we get to do this today. Before we dedicate our sweet babies, we're going to celebrate the fact that in Christ, we're no longer in the grave, right? In Christ, it's no longer grave. In Christ, we have life. It isn't a grave anymore. It's not a tomb anymore. It's empty. The grave clothes are off, and we are dressed in his righteousness. And that's what we get to celebrate in this moment. So would you stand and sing with us? And then we're going to celebrate these sweet babies. God of the valley 